everyone. I'm Aaron. And I'm Jeff. And this is The Final Word with Jeff and Aaron. It sure is. It's true. So, this week I want to try something a little different. Jeff oh man, has it seems like it's no... almost every week. <laughs> I know, it's true. Jeff has no idea what I'm going to try, and we're going to see if it works. It may fail terribly, in which case we'll start does, over and nobody's saying, ever going to hear this. You beat me to the words. Yeah. So, what I wanted to talk about, and it's actually something Jeff and I have talked about in the past, is exactly what we are trying to accomplish with this podcast. Oh, a meta podcast, a podcast about this podcast. Indeed. So, you know, when we first were talking about this podcast, so we started talking about this years ago. Uh, it was originally Jeff's idea. Um, there was a bunch of friends of ours. There was, what, four of us, five of us? Uh, well, so there's, there were five of us, but only four of us at any given time because we lost one and gained another. Right, right. So we would go to, there was a, a great little brewery in Boulder called the Walnut Brewery and they had an awesome, uh, late night happy hour. And so there'd be like four of us. We would go, we'd get some beers and, oh, the beer bread. Oh, the poor beer bread. They had this amazing beer bread. But anyways, uh, and we would just have conversations and, yeah, it was basically like a recap of the week for everyone. Um, and since we all lived somewhat similar but different lives, it was kind of a fun little uh, experiment and yeah. seeing what people learned. Yeah, and we usually had some pretty good conversations. And at one point, Jeff made a comment like, God, we should record all of this and do a podcast. Yeah, I thought it was super entertaining to listen to because I, I usually wasn't too much of a contributor as much as just sitting back and listening to the conversation. Um, and I, it was always entertaining. So I was like, yeah, we should totally do this. Right. Obviously, that did not happen at the time for plethora of reasons. Um, One none of, of us which being recording at a bar seemed kind of difficult. And I don't think we could get anybody to be OK with not going to the bar as that was a key aspect of this. Exactly. Thing. And also, like none of us had the motivation to do it. The fact that Jeff and I have gone 31 episodes now approximately pretty freaking impressive for the two of us. Anyway, so that's how the idea of this podcast got started years ago. Then, I don't know, it was like a year or so ago, um, you were about to say something, Jeff. Yeah, I was going to say, actually, it's funny that this was back before um, Trump was a thing, and I actually cared about politics, so this like weekly meeting of the minds was the only time I actually got political news. Uh, and I never contributed to that conversation either because I didn't know anything, but I'd always be like, hey, Ben, hey, Aaron, what's what's going on in the world? These-? Right. And well, there was like always the cliff notes. <laughs> I don't remember if it was you or Jared would always be like, how long are we going to talk until till politics comes out? Yep. Yep. And yep. then, you know, uh, so, OK, so that was the idea. Then, you know, people moved away and unfortunately Walnut closed, which is sad. Um, and, you know. Bye-bye podcast, whatnot. So then, like a year or so ago, um, Jeff brought it back up. And initially, like the very first thought we had is we were going to do a podcast all about nostalgia, not just have our first episode on nostalgia. Specifically Um, like 90s movies. Yes. And we thought, you know, there's a lot of podcasts where like somebody will watch a movie and then recap it and, you know, discuss it, it, discuss the cultural um, significance, that kind of stuff. Right, and does it hold up over time, yada, yada, yada. And we thought it would be pretty interesting because I have a, you know, we we are very close in age, but close enough that, I mean, far enough apart that the 90s were very two different things for both of us. Yeah, like 90s were definitely my formative years. Like I was in middle school, high school in 90s. Jeff was elementary school in 90s. Great school. So like, yeah, grade school. So very different experiences, but similar it's surprising what media experience yeah it's surprising what four years can change in terms of the like what a kid is doing exactly um a 10 year old and a 14 year old two very different people yes hell Um, a seven year old and a nine year old yes very different people um Um, and so we were thinking it'd be kind of fun like uh he would he would present me with a 90s movie that was iconic but since i was young at the time i didn't give a shit about Right. And vice versa. And I can't remember why we decided. I think we decided not to go that route for a few reasons. One, it didn't wouldn't make very much of a, a good audio format nearly as much as just shooting the shit. Also, the yeah. amount of effort that would go. Exactly. Into it. Like every week we'd have to watch a movie, which, which I mean, sa- <laughs> like, it it's not ridiculous a big, when you put it that way. <laughs> I know. But it's still like, you know, like right now we literally like most of the time it's like, oh, we're going to do the podcast. 
cool, let's hook up our mics and do the podcast. Yeah. Um, without having too much forethought into it. There's there's definitely a reason that the format that we kind of got with is just shooting the shit about things that happened to us recently. Right. Because that takes very little effort to talk at length about. Right. And that's essentially kind of what was happening at Walnut. Like None of us went into Walnut being like, ooh, these are the conversations we're going to talk, or these are the topics exactly. we're going to talk about. Exactly. Yeah. So anyways... We decided, all right, we're not going to just do nostalgia, and um, then we are like, okay, let's come up with a list of topics that we're going to talk about. And so <laughs> we had the first few episodes, first like 10, I mean, I don't know, I'd have to I think, look through I think our... that idea broke down very quickly, like we tried to maintain that idea, but I think it broke down very quickly. Yeah. I think the first two or three episodes were perfectly themed, and then the rest just became rambling messes, and then we had the faded procrastination talk that you'll never hear. Because I don't yeah. think we released it. Yeah, that one, that, 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 that was topic. the one that we realized uh, we need to do something different. Yes. And well, we took, well, it actually was a few, it was, okay, hold on. I'm actually looking through our podcast. I will say um, we're, we're only about a half year old in terms of number of casts. And uh, that's still pretty young to talk about the history of the podcast, but I like this. Yeah. Well, so where I'm going with this is. With Jeff and I, there's been an interesting push and pull going on Oh, of of exactly what we want this podcast to be. Yes. So Jeff and, and this was one of the 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 struggles we had with the uh, the original. We're going to talk about this one topic. Yeah. And then that's when we switched to, OK, let's do three topics to where we're at now, where it's like we are not going to talk to each other before we start the podcast. And we're just going to see where the hell things take us. Yeah. Um. Which is exactly what's going on right now, because Jeff had no idea I was going to bring this up. More or less, but I'm, I'm liking it. I like yeah. this, I, this, this role that you've yeah. gotten on. Yeah. So the push and pull is um, Jeff is going for more kind of like a funny, irreverent podcast-ish. Uh, I would classify it more, at, not necessarily irreverent. Yes, I do want comedy in there, but I'm going more for a personality-based podcast. Okay, okay. Yeah, so the topic, what we're talking about, doesn't matter as much as who people, is talking about yes, it. Yes, that's kind of yeah. the idea. Yeah, people and I listen def- because they yeah. want to hear what we have to say, not necessarily because they want to hear what the topic is. Right, like they want to listen to us, not yeah. what we're saying. Like, and again, the reason I want to do that is I feel like that's an easier thing to achieve as it doesn't require research. This is true. Which this leads into the thing true. that you want to turn the pod, you want the podcast to sort of be. Right, and for me, it's been, it's not that I want this, you know, uber serious podcast or anything we like ain't that npr yeah uh which is kind of funny because the podcasts i listen to are primarily npr related podcasts sure which so you know for me like originally it was like oh yeah let's you know do a deep dive into nostalgia or procrastination which was a terrible topic yeah um and all you know, i'm or- thinking in the background is we are way too lazy to do a deep dive into any subject other than ourselves. Right. And, you know, we actually had, like, especially at the beginning, it's like, okay, if we want to do this, we need to actually do research. We said and those there words was like, a lot. <laughs> yeah. And there was like this moment like, yeah, we'll, we'll do research. And then it just never, ever happened. Um, I think I think it still could. I think we just need to make sure we understand the scope of what we can research in the time. Like if you pick the topic that would take maybe an hour or two to kind of like Research enough. So, so my idea for how you could do a research-based one would be, you know, kind of scroll through the internet, find a topic that you think is interesting, and then devise maybe five or so questions that you could discuss as an as a whole. The, this would work pretty well because you would have some knowledge because you did some research. The other person wouldn't, and so it'd be kind of a, a good conversational-based semi-research topic. So you would kind have like actual a, facts. Uh, yeah, kind of like a Q&A almost. Sort of. The The difference being um, you would have one person that's just providing their own background and mm-hmm. the other person who is providing things that they actually know. But it wouldn't be like a a quiz. Like you're not right, quizzing right, of the course, other person. Right, yeah. it, would be, it would be a discussion. Yeah. With, and it would, with questions and answers a directed, type of thing. A directed discussion yeah. more or less. Yeah. So the problem is multifold. One the two of us actually taking the time to do the research, even if it's an hour, is kind of slim to none, yeah. at least at the moment. Um, the and then the effort... second... <laughs> oh, go for the second say? first. I was going to say, and then the second one is just, that's not necessarily the podcast Jeff wants to do. Hey, now. And, hey, now. This is not a uh, me versus you. No. Oh, I know. No, no. I'm not I'm not <laughs> saying, like, I've given in to your demands. I mean, you um, have. I mean, I kind of have. Well, no, because truth <laughs> be told, if I really wanted to go that route, like, 
I would have to be the one pushing and putting in the research. A little where, bit. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe we'll get there at some point. I mean, we've already gone through different kind of formats in the short time we've been around. Yeah. What um, I was going to say um, before you got to two was the only kind of effort I put into this podcast before the podcast is the effort comes up with like making some of the games. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this is the same thing I was going to say to you is if you did want to do that kind of stuff where you do an actual research, um, it would have to be something that you want to do regardless of the podcast. And then right. you just bring it into the podcast. Right. Like I, I'm searching Reddit constantly. And so I find the am I the asshole comments uh, uh, subreddit fascinating. And I read through those all the time. And every once in a while, I'll just press one to save for the podcast. Right. And, you know, and for me, like I read a lot of random stuff on the internet like probably everybody does and you know you fall down the rabbit hole of ooh what does this link have to say ooh what does that link have to say just star those every once in a while I know and I need to because you know my yeah well so I have there's this great website called Ars Technica Um, shout out to Ars Technica you should you know no 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 no. (laughs) Uh, anyway it's a it's like it's a technology based website but they cover science and some politics and whatnot. it's really awesome they have cover some really cool things and you know, I read through it all the time. And one of these days, it's 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 an effort part. Yeah. You know, it's the it's very well, I don't want to say easy, but, you know, before we start a podcast, it's literally all right. Let me plug my mic in. Let me make sure the camera's working. You well, know, and, if and if you actually are reading through the articles in your spare time, just, you know, dog ear them. Yeah. Um, like that's 90 percent of the, the games I quote unquote come up with is because I'm doing something already. And I'm like, oh, this would be something worth talking about. Yeah. Um, and you don't even have to go through the full research of it. You could just um, ha- have the article in the back of your mind, save it somewhere. And then just before we do the podcast, uh, while we're kind of doing that, that minor amount of prep that we do, mm-hmm. just kind of give yourself a skim through it and be like, okay, this would be something that we could talk about. Um, the like my ideal version of what this podcast would be is similar to um, one that I listen to pretty frequently. It's called the Rooster Teeth podcast. Uh put on by a company named Rooster Teeth. Shockingly. And it's, it's shocking, right? Yeah. Uh, if you if you come into my my game room, I literally have like five of these posters from Rooster Teeth, so I'm a bit of a fanboy. Um, but so the format of their podcast is about four people just kind of sitting around uh, talking about events that happen throughout the week, things that are culturally relevant to them as, as gamers slash media producers and stuff like that, and then just personal stories. Mm-hmm. And I just like that format because it's very like conversational. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, but but they do research for some right. things too. Like, yeah. And they also it, I mean, that's kind of that's what they do as well. Like that is their day job. Well, not really. So their day job is actually to do other stuff. The podcast is just this like side thing that they do as well. Hmm. Interesting. Um, and when I say they do research, I mean, like, as you were saying, you know, they read articles like any other person. Um, and so what they'll do is if they find one that's particularly interesting while the conversation is going, if there's either a natural lull in the conversation or something, they'll be like, so I read something interesting the other day, et cetera. And then they discuss it. Mm-hmm. And so which actually, as we are talking about this, did you read something interesting the other day? Um, uh, it, it, I mean, it's in the news. Um, so I feel like actually this is a great transition spot. Like I liked, I wanted to kind of give people a little bit of behind, behind the scenes of where our thought process was and how we kind of got to where we are. So um, before you switch off to it, uh, I said what my ideal for how this would turn out is. What is your ideal? What is your in a perfect universe where you had both the energy, the time, and the uh, desire to put in as much work into this thing as possible? What is your ideal version of the podcast? And see, and that's not see, and that I'm not entirely sure. Which is kind of why I've definitely let you somewhat steer the ship. Makes sense. Um, you know, because they're one of my favorite podcasts. And, I, and the, well, so let me back up a little bit. I don't listen to a ton of podcasts. Um, and like I have a bunch of podcasts like on my list of like, ooh, let's this would be good to listen to. I just I don't listen to them that much. Um, yeah. And I, I don't listen to very many either. Maybe two or three uh, here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely listen to them while I'm coding. So got it. Right. And so that's good for you. Like for me, like a lot of times. um like if I actually like need to, if I'm doing my invoicing or or some uh, some work that like I really need to pay attention to, listening to something in the background that like I want to listen to doesn't work. 
because I oh, just yeah. keep getting distracted. So Which, like I'll listen to music or, you know, I'll put headphones in that, you know, with white noise or something like that. Um which is actually another reason why I tend to listen to more conversational podcasts because they're somewhat white noise. It's not right. like an NPR cop podcast where you're actually trying to pay attention so that you can learn something. Mm-hmm. It's more just like, you know, you're hanging out with your friends while you're on your phone sort of right. thing. And, you know, for me, typically I listen to podcasts in one of two scenarios. I'm driving. Yes. And, you know, it's on in the background or if I'm biking kind of both times, it's like I'm doing something that does, doesn't doesn't require my brain to be yes. actively involved in it so I can have it focused on something else. Um, and what's really fascinating for me actually is so I can do, if I have like, if I'm rewatching an old TV show or something like just recently, I've been rewatching a bunch of Stargate SG one um, kind of going through it. If it's something I've already seen, I can have it on in the background while doing work and kind of passively keep up with it. But if it's audio only, I can't do that. That's really weird. I don't know why. It's something about... You'd think it'd be easier since it doesn't even have the visual component for it. Right, but there's it's a, it's a strange thing. There's something about that visual component that, um, like, especially if I'm typing, and I don't know if you're a touch typer. Yeah. That, like, I can be typing while looking at the screen. Oh, yeah, Totally. Um, so even if like, I'm not fully paying attention to what they're saying, I can see what's going on, which it's like, I don't know, two separate parts of the brain. Probably not. I'm making things up, but that's how it kind of works with me. Um, I oftentimes find myself when I'm listening to something and this will even happen if I'm driving or biking or whatnot, and my mind wanders or something. And I come back and like, Oh wait, what just happened? Oh and, yeah. And I, I don't like that. I'm like, Oh, I want to rewind it and see what I missed. So, um, a hundred percent agree. That will happen to me constantly. I'll be like typing in code um, and get to this part where like I'm really thinking about how this certain algorithm is supposed to work. Um, and then I'll kind of come back to the podcast and realize, oh, shoot, they're like three different topics away. But because it's a, you know, conversational based podcast, it's not too important that I missed it. Right. I will sometimes rewind, though, as you say, just because they're entertaining and it's fun to listen to. Right. But I've, I've definitely caught myself like missing 30, 40 minutes. I've actually gotten to the point. So one of the other places I listen to podcasts is while I'm grocery shopping. And sometimes I'll be thinking so hard about what I need to buy for groceries. I'll completely blank half of the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I get to this point where I've actually gotten like, I'll stop listening to podcasts while grocery shopping. Cause I want to pay attention. So I can understand yeah. that entirely. Yeah. And so I think, you know, if, if, Ultimately, like if, you know, I had my wish and this is exactly what I wanted this podcast to be. Yes. Um, I don't have a real perfect answer. I think it would be a combination of some more research topics that we do discuss on a more intellectual level, if you will. But obviously still have fun with each other and it's still being... um. Yeah, kind of a free flow. Yeah, banter is a good word for it. Um, I would also love, and this is something we can do. We just haven't, you know, taken the time to do it. I mean, we started with the uh, the jingles at the beginning and end, having a more produced sound to it, if you will. Yeah, like transition modes or whatnot. So, like one of my favorite co- podcasts is Radio Lab, and Radio Lab is very, very well produced. Um, and it's and again, this, it's their job, right? Exactly, and of course, and they have they have somebody who's doing that. Like, they, right. it's you not like the, the two hosts that are sitting after the podcast putting it all together, right? Um, It'd be so, the equivalent okay. of after we finished recording, we could hand it over to Larry, and Larry would right. would uh, cut it, right? Um, you know, so I think like I love deep dives into certain topics. Um, that's one of the things I love about Radio Lab or the Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. Sure. Um, Because so last week tonight with John Oliver, it was John Oliver was a uh, correspondent on The Daily Show for many, many years. And then he started his own show. And, you know, there was this initial thought, like, is it going to be like a clone of The Daily Show where you just kind of make fun of the topics of the news out of the week? And what's cool about it is he starts that way. The first 10 minutes. It's like 50-50. Yeah. And then he goes into like 20, 30 minutes of this deep dive on a conversation or on a topic. But he makes it fun and silly, even if it's a really serious topic. Yeah. The, uh, the other problem with that type of, of podcast, we're not journalists. Very true. Like. Very, very true. It's easy to say, oh, man, I'd love to do a deep dive on this. 
but I don't even know how I would begin to properly research something like that. Right. Other than what, you know, what eventually happened, which is you'd read somebody else's research on it and then conclude it uh, and then just like summarize it. Um, so it'd be, it'd be very hard to do something like that and put in like firsthand research as opposed to just um, mm-hmm. reiterating what somebody else has done. Yeah. And so it's tough. So it's, you know, the, the, the push and pull would be how much time and effort do we really want to put into this podcast versus do we just want to kind of have fun with it and have a conversation? Yeah. And I mean, if we ever get to the point where we actually have enough listeners that we can throw ads on this thing and make some money out of it and it becomes uh, a, a bit more than just a fun side hobby, then yeah, I'd love to produce the hell out of this. Yeah. And my vision for it would be we would split it into two pieces. There would be the irreverent, goofy game show, mm-hmm. and the actually three pieces: the irreverent, goofy game show, the uh, just conversational. How was your day? And then the oh, by the way, we're going to talk about internment camps or something like that. <laughs> wow, that took a dark turn. So actually, what I meant to think of was the things that uh, ICE set up, but I forgot what they were D- called. Detainment. Detainment. Well, I mean, detainment they kind- centers. They kind of were. Oh, oh, absolutely. One hundred percent. They kind of are internment camps. I like, definitely there's no question about that. But yeah, but. I definitely somewhat um, wish I had thought of the word detainment centers before I said internment camps. But you know what? Here we are. And now, we're not going to edit this because that would require more effort. So I'm just going to have to be semi embarrassed about that, even right. though I probably shouldn't be. Whatever. You shouldn't be on the flip side of that. I do kind of enjoy that some of our screw ups and mess ups are just part of the podcast. Yeah. Um, you know, really like, the only ones that I'd get rid of are the either the very long pauses or the like we need to research something real quick. Right, right. And we mostly get rid of those anyways. Yes, it's true at this point like we do produce stuff. And not <laughs> to toot my own horn, but I'm I'm the producer mostly. For the most part, yeah. Yeah. Um so anyways, Ed- editor, editor. Editor, yes. Cuz we editor. technically both produce. This is true. I am the production editor or something like that. Well, There's a term for it. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Is a producer actually the one? Because we are literally producing the media right now, as in we are making the product. So that's I not think, what a producer is, though. Is well, it? it's kind of the producer is the um usually like if you're looking at like movies or TV shows or whatnot, the producer tends to be kind of the guy with the say, grand vision. Kind of. Yeah. What's the um, difference between a producer and a director? So the director is the one that is, you know, dealing with the nitty gritty of an episode. They're the ones on the ground saying, okay, you do this, you do that, you do that. So the the producer is global, the director is local. That's a good way to put it. And then you have your executive producer, which is basically, hey, I gave you a lot of money. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're kind of we're we're producer, director, writers. We're all of them. If if we were doing credits, you would definitely get the editor credit. Yes. Um so, with that being said... Yeah, you were going to transition I, I, on to a, another topic. Another topic, yeah, because it's actually an article I read on Ars Technica recently. Oh, really? And, <laughs> and had some comments, and it's definitely a timely topic in the sense that um, coronavirus... Oh, yeah, that's the thing that's happening right yeah, now. It's been interesting, you know, the, the media coverage on it, because there's definitely this, oh my God, there's this virus, and it's killed a thousand people. And then you have on the flip flip side, people like, yeah, well, the flu kills like hundreds of thousands of people. Um, And so it's the whole, you know, the same thing happened with SARS and MERS and and most uh, if we're being honest, flu or whatever. Maybe that was SARS. Most of the people who are fatally affected either already had a compromised immune system or were old. Well, so and that's kind of the thing that's making the coronavirus different, though, is it's kind of f- infecting any everybody equally, right? Which is but why is it it's still lethal equally. Well, so that's it's what's making it so the media being like, ooh, um, is it's still new? And there's a reason it's literally called the novel coronavirus right now because yeah. coronavirus has been it's around for brand, forever. Not a brand. It's not a brand of virus. It's a, yes, it's a brand of the virus. It's, it's a strain. A, Strain, yeah. Yeah. Is it a strain uh, or is it a, is like a- Mutation, um, a mutation. No, what's the word? Um, Like a class, phylum, whatever, whatever those Maybe, species. Yeah, well, so like coronavirus is like a family of viruses. And I this think is family, like, family is a pretty good yeah. word for it. But um, anyways, well, so I was reading this really interesting article on Ars Technica about 
how they've been detecting it and the steps they're doing to, you know, combat it. And it was basically, it was literally like, how exactly do we detect a virus? Um, cool. And it was actually, it was really fascinating talking about uh, DNA strands and RNA strands because I didn't know this. Most viruses are RNA, RNA. only. Yeah. Yep. Um, and most of the tools that we have out there um, to uh, map a genome are DNA based. Yeah. And there's actually, uh, I can't remember now what it was called, uh, that basically it allows you to convert RNA to DNA. Um, it's like like an analog to digital converter type of thing. <laughs> um, Transcriptase. Yeah. So, but no, what it was, means it's cuts. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so it was really fascinating in that regard. And it was a very kind of matter of fact article. So there wasn't a lot of, you know, doom and gloom or... This isn't a big deal or whatnot. But what I found fascinating, especially in the comments, so the Ars Technica tends to attract um, more intellectual people. That sounds extremely elitist of me, but it's kind of true. Um, So you actually have some really good discussions. The way you can say that without sounding like an elitist is you say, what what is it? Ars Technica? Yes. A-R-S-T-E-C-H-N-I-C-A. Ars Technica attracts the kind of people who would want to read about technical articles. Okay. I'm good with that. I and mean, you can kind of build your own picture of what kind yeah. of people that is. Well, and, you, and they do have moderations, and yes, there are trolls, but it's usually far, it's, few it's and far internet, between. So. It's the internet, yeah. <laughs> um, and they have, you know, a ranking system. So if you, know, if you give somebody a thumbs down, if they get enough thumbs down, their comment gets hidden. Hey, like, you can show like the Reddit. comment. Right, exactly. Anyway, so it was just really interesting in the comments, everybody, you know, talking, there was this push and pull of, you know, we're making way too big a a deal out of this virus, like the flu kills so many people versus this virus, to the flip side of, well, actually, not that, not that like this virus is the end of the world, but it is kind of a big deal. Um, And I definitely am leaning more now like originally when it first came out and it was you know there's this new virus and everybody's kind of up in arms and as with it, any sort of scare type media you got to take it with a large grain right, of salt right exactly and so you know I, I remember having a conversation with somebody and being like you know like the flu infects millions of people every year and kills tens of thousands of people every year and it just is what it is as i've learned more about the coronavirus and kind of how it's working i've changed my tune not so much that oh my god we have an outbreak on our hands but if you look you you can't look at um the virus as compared to the flu it's its own thing and it has only affected a few thousand like a, i want to say a few tens of thousands of people but i have no idea but it's killed a thousand people already so from a percentage standpoint, it's got about a 2% fatality rate, whereas the flu has like a 0.01% fatality rate. It's just more prolific. Right. So, you know, the interesting thing right now is, is the virus actually this deadly or is it in a population that is going to be more prone? Susceptible to it. Susceptible to it, not great health care, you know, close quarters, all of that stuff. Um and I just find the whole topic kind of fascinating because viruses are just a part of life. Like they're everywhere. And people Our are getting. Our genome is actually composed of tons of, of assimilated viruses at this exactly. point. Exactly. And, like, you know, and like I get a cold at least once a year. Um, I've gotten the flu before. And like it's not this big of big a deal. It's like, yeah, it's a virus. But then there's these novel ones that are kind of unknown and it suddenly becomes this really scary thing um and we haven't i I think it's one of those things that it's it's definitely not as bad as the media makes it out to be of course not the media makes its money on scares Mm -hmm. um but it's also something to kind of monitor right and what i really liked about this ars technica article was how it was it was educational there was no, sure. there wasn't a, uh, an agenda one way or the other. There wasn't a, oh my God, the world is coming to an end or a really, it's not a big deal guys. Just move on. It was, Hey, this is happening. This is what we're doing about it. This and, is how viruses do. Right. And it's really fascinating. And I actually, 
this uh, may actually be an interesting topic for next week if I actually read through everything. They had a, a linked article from a, a couple years ago about exactly how they map the genome of a virus and how they build vaccines for it. And it's really fascinating because especially vaccines, despite the whole anti-vaxxer stuff, which is a whole other topic, we take them so much for granted at this point. Like, we don't think about a vaccine. It's just like, oh, let me get the flu vaccine. Oh, I need to get my tetanus shot. It just is a thing we do. And here I am sitting over here with neither of those things. You think, well, tetanus I do. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think I, I don't think I could be allowed in certain locations without tetanus. Yeah, there's a lot of that. But uh, you didn't get the flu shot. No, you terrible, terrible person. You I just assume everyone else will get it and it's fine. Yeah, because that's how it works. Herd immunity, right? You don't yeah. have to. Yeah. No, I just actually uh, the, the, the flu vaccine is kind of an interesting one because it is because there's so many different strains of the flu and they literally every year. It's a guess. It, it's a it's guess. Like it's on, an educated guess, but it's sure. a guess of like, okay, how is the flu going to mutate this year? Let's vaccinate it. And there was, it was a couple of years ago, they were completely off base. Yeah. And like the vaccines were useless. So um, I want to, I want to justify my actions just a little bit more because not getting the flu shot seems like a really bad thing to do. Eh, I've done it before too. The reason I didn't is I went into the, the King Supers. Um, right next to my apartment complex and the, you know, they free, 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 free flu shots and all that. Uh, and they didn't accept the, in the insurance I have because NREL. Okay. Now actually I probably shouldn't say this. Um, but the insurance you had from the company that you work for that will rename name lists. No, no, it has nothing to do with me naming the company. It has more with me not knowing if I actually understood the policy correctly. So yeah, it, this is still it. probably my fault. I probably messed up somewhere. But the thing I heard was uh, because Enrol actually had shots on site and I wasn't oh, there for the day, they wouldn't that, cover it because they already provided it. That's possible. Um, it, and so they didn't want to have a third party do it. Uh, well, it's funny. My dad had almost the flip opposite side of that. Um, he was at his doctor for something and they're like, do you, have you gotten your flu shot? And like, no, like, all right, let's give you your flu shot. And then he gets a statement for, you know, however much the flu shot cost when it should have been covered by insurance. And so he contacts them. The insurance were only covered if he went to like a pharmacy to get it. Interesting. Interesting. And, and they worked it out and whatnot. Yeah, and, yeah. and he, but well, insurance companies suck. And it, Again, I didn't try very hard. It was yeah. like I walked in there. and was like, oh, cool. Here's my insurance card. Can you take it? It was like, ooh, nope. And I was like, okay. Yeah. And I left. I, uh, uh, so it's totally I, possible I did something stupid or wrong, but meh. it was later than that I found out from somebody else who said that they tried to do something similar and it turns out because Enrol actually provided them, um, Whenever there was that, something weird about it. I but could see again, that. I could see what it was. you know, insurance, it up. insurance and, being insurance, they yeah. like to be a pain in the butt. Yeah. And honestly, it was one of those things I here's another really bad one. I don't think I've ever gotten a flu shot voluntarily. The yeah. only time I've ever done it was when I was still living with my parents and my parents got me to get one. Yeah, I I hate shots with the fiery passion of a thousand suns. They suck. I would rather, you know, get punched in the stomach. Sort of. Maybe. I don't know. Um, but like I I've gotten the flu before. It sucks. It's not the end of the world. I kind of get it, though, because of the herd immunity idea. It's, <laughs> which, which only works if everyone gets it. Right. And I think <laughs> a lot of people do get it at this yeah. point. Um, well, so, so my thought originally was, uh, a long, long time ago, it was, well, I don't need it because worst case scenario, I'll get the flu and it will kind of suck for a couple of days, but I can handle it. Mm -hmm. uh, so I won't, you know, exhaust the supply. I'll let everyone else go get them who actually needs it. Uh, and then somebody much, much smarter than me was like, you do realize that you getting it helps those people too. Right. Like this it, thing you become a immunity. part of the herd immunity. Right. And yeah. I was like, damn it. Now I'm selfish for not doing it because I thought I, I was doing it for selfless reasons. And then it wasn't. I know. Oh, well, I know. I, I just, I mean, I got it late this year for a combination of like, I was hemming and hawing of like, oh, I don't want to get it. And then I got a little cold and then I got strep and you're really <laughs> not a good idea to get a you know, a vaccination while you're sick. And then I was, I don't remember it was, I think it was actually after kind of the outbreak of the coronavirus 
where I was kind of like, all right, fine, I should get the freaking flu shot just, you know, to be a part of the solution and not the problem. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's funny because as much as I hate shots, you know, it's a two second thing and you're over. But ugh. well, and for me, it had nothing to do with getting the shot. I have a pretty high pain tolerance. I'm not too worried about getting a shot. For me, it was literally the effort that it would take to go to the grocery store and do it and the right. time that it would take to do it and the amount of and well, why didn't it would you, be well, to process it. Why didn't you do it when they were at NREL? Because I wasn't there that day. Oh. Or, or rather, I should say. I didn't even know that they were doing that. Ah, I see. Excuses, excuses. That's exactly why companies do that is they assume most people are going to be like, I don't feel like making the effort. So no, like, totally. we're making the effort for you. If if I had gotten an email, and I probably did because I don't read my email very well. If I had noticed an email that said, hey, we're giving away free flu shots at the cafeteria today. Just stop by on your way out. Yeah. Probably would yeah. have done it. Well, it's but, like I remember it was it. Middle school, definitely, probably before they literally used to do shots, the vaccines at school. And I remember one year, I think it may have been sixth grade, um, you know, everybody who was in sixth grade was standing in line to get their their flu, their shot. I think it was MMR, measles, mumps and rubella. Um, and like that's just how it was, because that way, you know, I think it was free for the kids and parents didn't have to worry about taking their kids to the doctor to do it. And. There you go. I, see, I don't remember this. It may have been true, but I don't remember ever getting shot at school. I remember the scoliosis testing. I don't remember that. Oh yeah, it was a it was a fun day for everyone in middle school and high school. How did they? What did they do? I don't really remember. I don't have scoliosis, so yeah, I either do didn't I. So. Go to the far- All I remember is they would they they um, split us up by by uh, gender and then would uh, have somebody look at basically our backs i guess i mean well i guess and, i mean they're just looking at the straightness of the spine yeah so you basically just took your shirt off they go okay and then the next person would go through yeah i think it's probably pretty obvious that like oh you have a straight spine oh you're crooked <laughs> i uh, i would hope so or something along yeah. those lines so it looks like you've been looking something up in the background here yeah i'm uh, you i are. wish you hadn't called me out on it but uh yeah 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 that's so, why I called you out on it. Yep, yep, yep. So I was looking at some of the the um, Am I the Asshole posts that I had saved. Yeah. And I went to one of them that I thought was pretty funny, and it was deleted. And I was like, oh, no! That's sad. Yeah. I'm sure but, you, can, you can go to the Wayback Machine and find it, I'm sure. Actually, there's an even easier way. You can just like... Um, Search for deleted the, posts or something. Yeah, you can get it back. But yeah. it's not even that important. The I'll tell you what it was. Um, so it was deleted because, well... Uh, it was marked. The story was not much of a question of am I the asshole as much as it was a story about petty revenge. Uh, so it didn't really fit within the topic. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, so the moderators removed it. Yeah, exactly. Got it. Got it. Um, the story was and I thought the reason I was gonna bring this up is because it's 100 percent something I would do. Uh, so this guy has an extremely common name. We're going to call him John P for some reason. Cool. And so he has the email address John P at extremely popular uh internetdomain.com um and he started getting a whole bunch of spam ads from somebody who was using his email address as the like throwaway email address oh, for advertisement god yeah so, so like you know you make a new account at best buy to get special deals you just throw in john p at whatever right .com. yep totally i've done that and so what he started doing because this was through companies they were also sending him the like invoices and stuff so oh, what he started doing was canceling the orders Oh, <laughs> and I was like, that is so good. I know. That's like like a wholly assholeish thing to do, but completely understandable. 100% justified. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. And it was just that's like. That's really amusing. Which is the reason why I got transferred from this subreddit and put into the Petty Revenge Reddit. Right. Um, that is that is pretty amazing, though. But as a person with a very common name, luckily, I don't use a, a very common uh Email address, but if I had jeff.allen at gmail.com, mm-hmm. it 100% would get loaded with spam. Yeah. And if I had the ability to just say, you know what? You don't deserve these Amazon packages and just have them rerouted or it's something. Like, if you want this package, use your own email or create a spam email for yourself. Like, Actually, that's easy to do. Very much so. There's a whole bunch of throwaway email accounts you can make. Um, I have every once in a while, I'll do, will receive an email to my email address that's from like somebody else. And I usually just ignore them. Yeah, usually. I mean, every once in a while, if it actually looks important, I may 
try and do something about it. But there's sometimes it's like, I don't know who they were actually trying to send it to. Yeah. Um, actually, so, okay, here's a question. If someone was doing this to you and you had the opportunity to change the shipping address to yourself, one, would you? Two, would that be stealing? Totally would be stealing. One hundred percent. They're using One, my name. Yeah, but one hundred percent that is stealing. Like they're only using your email address. They're not using your name yeah, or well, your sh- shipping address or anything like that. That is. I mean, I it's mean, probably it, a, it's bad sport for them to do it that way. Yeah, it, that, that totally. Yeah. That. Well, would would a jury convict me? I feel like yes. I feel no. like if you got caught, yes. Now, would I actually do it? I may contemplate it, but I don't think I could. I, I think if, I, I think if it was for some okay, so here's the other part of the story that I didn't mention is that Mr. John P actually contacted the person by because you know uh, all of these invoices had things like phone numbers and stuff that you could call them. Yeah. So I actually called them and it's like, hey, stop doing this. Okay. So after that point, if they continue to do it, I would feel like I had free reign to mess with them Agreed. however I wanted. I would I would agree with you on that. That so once if, you once you've made the effort to be like, hey, this is really annoying. Please stop doing this. If they kept doing it, then be like, well, fine, screw you. I'm gonna take yeah. your package. Like and that, prove and it. Do it. Like uh, that's so. Actually, here's here's the perfect way I would do this. Um, I would redirect all of the packages to me, but I would not open or take them. I just keep them uh, until an agreement could be made that he would stop using my email address. Okay, I'm okay with that. A little bit of a ransom going on. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Maybe yeah, blackmail. I'm, I'm good with that. Um, there was a hilarious Friends episode when Friends was on the air that one of the neighbors was getting shipped cheesecake and they kept getting sent to the wrong address. I kind of remember this one. It was getting sent to uh, Chandler and Monica. And like the first time it happened, it was this, well, she's not home. We don't want the cheesecake to go bad. Oh, let's just eat it. Let's be bad. Let's eat it. And then it happened again and it happened again. And they're like, oh, God, but it's so good. And they actually like knocked on her door once and they heard her coming like run away. Keep the cheesecake. And like, I feel like if something. If I I have usually if something gets delivered to me that is not mine, I will seek out the person. If it's something that gets delivered to me, that's not mine and looks important enough that i care that i would be upset if i didn't have it oh i'm talking about like this. a package or something oh yeah not i like, live in an apartment complex i get tons of like invoices and billing statements yeah i get to that too past residents yeah oh definitely well no more along if it was misdelivered not like it was a past resident but like it was supposed to go to unit 301 instead of 303. okay now if it's that i'm just gonna drop it off at unit 301 right. i definitely know people who do not do that and it angers me to no end because it's this, it it's either people throw it out or, you know, they do return to sender or whatnot like that. I'm like, just take the two seconds and, you know, even put it in their door or something like, because um, that, that drives me crazy. I mean, um, that, that's basically theft. I know. Well, I've definitely um, lost some things in the mail and I'm pretty sure it got delivered to the wrong address and the person who got it just threw it out or something. Well, um, depending on what it was, they probably threw it out or resold it or something. Well, I'm thinking like if I got like a check in the mail or something, um, that happened once. Um, definitely have had a few package. I don't know if they were misdelivered or if they were stolen out in front of my place, which is always a possibility. Um, I kind of feel bad for Amazon because they probably have a line item of expected losses due to stolen packages, but... I'm not too, I think they can I, I, handle it. Yeah, I'm not saying, I, I don't feel sad for them, but it's like, it kind of sucks that they have to have that, just in general, like just the pure principle of it all. Um, anyways, anyway. So I do not think that guy was the asshole, by the way. Agreed, agreed. Totally justified. Um, actually, speaking of which, I want to, um, this is the first time this has ever happened to me, actually. I got an email from a client actually saying hey are you around i need your help with something and so i responded like hey what's up i'm out of town right now and i really want to get my granddaughter a gift but i can't get to you know anything can you buy me some gift cards and i'll pay you back that's interesting 
100% a scam because I looked at the email header and it came from some random. Oh, it wasn't your client. It was not my client. It was you one fell. Of, you halfway fell through a, for a phishing scam. Well, no, I didn't fall for it because the minute I got that email, I'm like, this is a scam. However, I went along with it for a little while. Oh. And emailed them back. They're like, oh, yeah, totally. I get it. Um, You know, what, what do you need me to do? Let me help you out, yada, yada. It's like, okay, well, can you get her three $100 iTunes gift cards? Um, I promise, you know, once I get back in town, I'll pay you back. And so I responded like, yeah, okay, can I have her name and address? <laughs> and he responds with a name and an address. I'm like, damn it. Um, so, you know, then I responded and be like, you know, $300 is kind of steep. You know, if you're having any issues with your credit card, like, I'm sure I can help you out. You know, I'm sure you can get the, you know, I can help you with the technical side of things. Right. And, that's your, that would be what your client would be. Right. Yeah, and so we went a, back and forth for a little while. And finally, I just it was like, all right. I responded like, I know this is a scam. So stop. And, um, you know, I, I kind of come back with, oh, you think I am a scam? I yeah. am not scam. And I could tell like the English was not perfect. It wasn't bad, but it was a little off. And so I, I actually know who the person is. And like, I know that this, you know, the they granddaughter. Say these things. Yeah. But uh, like, it was kind of fun, a little back and forth for a little while. Like I knew nothing was actually going to come out of it, but sure. I wanted to see how long the other person would go along for the ride. So um, there's. There's two things I want to say about that. One, I've heard that the reason that poor English is used is not because necessarily they can't write better emails, but because somebody who will listen to something that's in poor English and still respond is the perfect kind of target. Totally. Absolutely. That makes total sense. And then the other thing I heard, uh, wanted to mention is, have you ever watched a comedian known uh, called James Veach? Yes. And he'll do the, uh, like the, the tech support scams um well no that that's i think you might be thinking of kit boga um, oh maybe that's who i'm thinking of that's the other guy i showed you he he's a he's a scam baiter who will call like tech support uh offices and just keep them on the phone for yeah, hours yeah, and yeah, hours yeah, on yeah, yeah that's right yeah yeah uh, anyways james, james veach is more like a stand-up comedian who will get uh scam phone calls or something like that or like spam or something like that mm-hmm. and then just do the same thing where he responds um and tries to just ramp up the insanity of the requests as mm-hmm. far as possible, including like he got a, uh, a scam email about um, a free offer for a new bank account or something like that. And he made a Photoshop flyer for said bank account that said it comes with a free toaster and then proceeded to insist that he gets his free toaster. And it was, oh, after this is done, Google James Veach and have a great time. I will. I will have to do that. Honestly, I keep hoping one of these days I will get one of the stupid pop ups that your computer's been infected. Please call this number because I really want to do that. That's more of a Windows thing. I know it really is. I mean, it, it'll, well, it'll happen on a Mac. It's just a, you know, some website. It'll probably happen on a Mac and it will say your Windows computer is broken. Yes, please call Windows. Um, I think actually somebody had it once that said, please call Apple or, yeah. yeah. Surprising. Yeah. But like, I really want that because like, I think I would have a lot of fun calling them You got to be very careful with that kind of stuff because even if you don't think you're giving something away, you might be giving more away than you think. Well, Um, so the the idea is if you really want to screw with them, you set up a virtual machine that is completely cordoned off from the rest of your computer with fake everything and- let them get into that and then backtrace it to where they're actually at. So there's another um, streamer. I believe it's Jim. Um, he's a same, same idea as scam baiter, um, except for he does what you just said. Exactly. He can, he backtracks the connections and all that kind of stuff to find where these scam centers are. Exactly. And then like, um, Expose them to the local police and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. I'm looking That's... at my subscriptions, trying to figure out what his name is. It's Jay something. Um, but I can't remember off the top of my head. I may have gotten rid of him. Oh, that's embarrassing. Anyways, so yeah, there's tons of that kind of stuff online that's really fun and interesting to talk about. Yeah. But hey, you know what? We're at almost 50 minutes. This is true. And this is before our... we started... You said you had a word ready, so let's oh, go. Yes, I do. Oh, God, I almost forgot about the word. So It's very important part. It's basically the main mythos of our podcast. This is true. So the word, and you may have heard it, I don't know, is called verisimilitude. Oh, my God. Okay, okay. 
I have heard of, if not this word, a very similar word. Is that some height? No. Um. Let uh, me know if you want any hints. Durability? You, no. You are, no. Okay, give me a hint then. It is used Them. within fiction, like fiction writing or, or... Yeah, so I know this from a... A storytelling device, perhaps, I guess, maybe be the... There's a there's a fun um, old, old website, not too old, called MS Paint Adventures, um, and there's a comic on it called Problem Sleuth, and one of the uh, main characters has a attribute called whatever the word is, because I can't pronounce it. And Verisimilitude. Verisimilitude. I think that's what it was. So it actually, I don't know if this is from a uh, etymological, I don't know is etymological a right word. From an etymology standpoint, I have no idea if um, my look at it is real or not. But um, what, it, once you want me to tell you, I'll tell, tell you. Tell me, what I'm done. Okay, uh, there's no so way I'm get it. verisimilitude is the appearance of being true or real. So, like, in a fiction environment, if you want verisimilitude, you try and make it as realistic as possible within that environment. And the way I look at it is very similar, verisimilitude. I don't think think that has any notion to it, but it's funny. I remember the first time I heard that word was a number of years ago. Battlestar Galactica was still on the air, and... After every episode, the uh, writer and creator, uh, Ronald Moore, would release a little podcast of basically him rewatching the episode and critiquing it, um, which was really awesome. I loved that because you got com- some cool insights. But there was one episode where it was like a, a round table with people and one of the uh, actors um, talked about uh, the tragedy of verisimilitude. And that was the first time I had heard that word. And so I looked it up and was like, huh, that's interesting. That's a good word. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So there you go. That That is our word. Any, any, any closing remarks, Jeff? Um, oh, oh, are we trying to do this now? No, um, I was just going to ask if you had anything to say before I hit stop on my, on my recording. No, I can't think of a darn thing. Cool. It's almost as if putting me on the spot for trying to come up with a fun thing to say is in and of itself our sign-off. Ah, perhaps that will be our sign-off from this point on. Say something funny. Nope, our sign-off is still peace. Peace. Eh.